Welcome to our latest installment of On the Ropes Enforcement Risk Roundtable, a Ropes and Gray podcast series focused on global anti-corruption and international risk. I'm Patrick Doherty, a litigation and enforcement associate based in London. Today, in our next stop on our Enforcement Express World Tour, we'll be exploring the current anti-corruption landscape in France, whose historical reputation for less aggressive enforcement has recently given way to a robust and proactive anti-corruption regime. To discuss, I'm joined today by Stéphane de Navassel, managing partner at Navassel in Paris. Bonjour Stéphane, ça va? Bonjour, ça va très bien, merci. Great. Before we dive in, would you mind giving a brief introduction? Sure. First of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, and, uh, you know, in a nutshell, I've been uh, practicing uh, white color crime and investigations for over 15 years globally. Um, moving the shift of, of these uh, large investigations from the U.S. to Europe, uh, working on a number of, of uh, landmark matters here. Um, and uh, I've taken on a number of assignments as independent investigator or monitor for private and public sector uh, mandates. And as you mentioned, I'm, I'm now managing a Paris-based litigation um, slash dispute firm. Um, and, uh, and I'm always delighted to work with uh, our friends at Ropes. Well, it sounds like we're in good hands. Um, to, to start off, can you walk us through at a high level the enforcement landscape in France? Sure. Um, well, we have the usual suspects, uh, uh, banking, financial market, competition, uh, regulator, um, something that's maybe um, not unusual to Europe, but maybe unusual to other jurisdictions is the uh, Data Protection Agency, but also more specifically uh, to uh, most recent uh, creations. Uh, one is the uh, National Financial Prosecutor, which addresses the more uh, uh, severe uh, financial uh, business crimes, uh, and uh, the Anti-Corruption Agency. Now, as you mentioned, uh, France had a very bad reputation uh, when it comes to enforcement, uh, and it was, you know, very much considered a, a backbencher. Uh, and uh, the idea is uh, that uh, they've come to realize that, especially after the number of, of large sanctions from uh, U.S. Uh, enforcement authorities, and we've uh, taken up our own uh, FCPA slash Bribery Act uh, law, which is called Sapin Deux, and that was in 2016. And, it, and there's a number of things, uh, and the most um, radical change is that it imposes a compliance obligation for companies with more than 500 employees globally and an annual turnover of over 100 million euros. And w w what it does basically is uh, this compliance uh, obligation is monitored by uh, one of the agencies I've just mentioned, the anti-corruption agency, the AFA. Um, and they can come and audit you uh, at, any, at any time. Um, and uh, if, if they will evaluate your compliance uh, system, they will provide a report and they can refer you to a sanctions committee, uh, which uh, you which will uh, can impose uh, specific fines on uh, individuals on the company and impose that you uh, get in, get your ducks in line, if you will, and have your own uh, uh, compliance uh, program set up properly. Uh, maybe one last thing that this uh, uh, anti-corruption agency does is it, it helps out with. Um, uh, implementing monitorship programs uh, once you have signed uh, a, the equivalent of a DPA, which is a TGIP. One of the key concerns here when you have the AFA knocking at your door 
is that they are under a legal obligation as civil servants to report any crime they uh, become aware of, any suspicion of crime. So basically having the AFA uh, in your offices uh, making requests you you cannot dodge uh, means that you have a prosecutor there. Uh, and uh, because they will be informed, and we have seen that repeatedly at the AFA informing the PNF uh, of, of uh, alleged bribery or uh, antitrust violations and so on and so forth. So that they're not your friends. You mentioned CGIPs in there. Uh, can you explain what those are a little more and how France has been employing them, particularly since Sapondeur was enacted? Sure. CGIPs are uh, intellectual torture uh, uh, because in, in France, we, we, we really love government. And so we, we, we did not want to, quote unquote, compromise uh, with, with the, uh, uh, the criminal system. Um, but it was a, a sort of a real politic answer to uh, U.S. enforcement, if you will. And it, it was a, a, a real um, call to have the proper tools. So uh, French, uh, the French National Financial Prosecutor, PNF, it's an agency of 20 prosecutors. Uh, and uh, uh, th that seems maybe a, a lot for France, but it's really very little when you think that they have uh, ongoing over 600 open matters. Uh, and they only focus on uh, corruption, influence peddling, tax evasion, and the laundering of the above. Um, and um, uh, basically what the CGIP does is an opportunity to uh, put an end to prosecution without admitting uh, guilt. Uh, and, and the way it is uh, entered into is through uh, the usual discussions that you will um, have uh, amongst outside counsel, uh, the PNF, and the victims. So you will, if it's a tax concern, you'll be, you'll be in discussions with the tax authorities as well. If there's a competition issue, you'll be uh, in, in discussions with the competition authority and so on and so forth. So there are many players, um, if you will, that can come into play. And the key here is, um, of course, the amount of the fine and how it's calculated, um, but whether they are identified or identifiable victims because they will play a very big part in the process as um, if you strike a deal with the prosecutor, you still need to get approved by a homologation judge. Now, I, I understand uh, uh, that in the US, for instance, the leeway of the judge reviewing uh, the DPA is very weak. Um, in France, we have developed case law that shows that the decision to homologate, that is to say, to approve the CGIP or the DPA, uh, is not appealable. Uh, and so you can find yourself in a terrible situation where you have uh, admitted guilt um, uh, as part of uh, the contract that you've signed for the CGIP, but your CGIP is not homologated. Now, of course, all those documents are supposed to be uh, set aside um, but in these cases that are public, with a hearing that is in open court, it sounds uh, um, it's it's terrifying to, to to think that you have to show up um, uh, having to to stand trial having uh, accepted guilt. Do you anticipate that the PNF will be expanding anytime in the near future? I don't expect the PNF will be uh, expanding uh, beyond its twenty prosecutor uh, twenty or so. Um, 
uh, and uh, what 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 is likely to happen is that they will select their cases. Uh, in effect, we had a, a lead prosecutor uh, who uh, really cherry picked her cases and pushed them forward. Uh, and then we, the current prosecutor is taking a more um, uh, civil servant approach, if you will. Every case is important and sort of pushing them slowly forward. Um, but what is what is expected is uh, that that will change because he has been highly criticized uh, for not, um, you know, pushing forward a sufficient number of matters. And, uh, and because of the slowness of, uh, of the procedures. And there has been uh, a developing case law in, 20, in, in 2021, in which we are expecting several Supreme Court decisions in 2022, uh, which address the length of uh, procedures, especially in white collar matters. And, uh, and, and that will put a pressure on the PNF to move forward more um, efficiently. Um, now, in January 2020, France, the United Kingdom, and the United States entered into the first ever trilateral settlement agreement, which resulted in the largest global foreign bribery penalty in history. Uh, Toulouse-based Airbus agreed to pay more than 3.6 billion euros to resolve charges stemming from its alleged use of third-party business partners to bribe government officials and airline executives around the world. More than 2 billion euros of this settlement was paid to France as part of Airbus's CGIP with the PNF. Can you talk a little bit about that and what that means for uh, international cooperation going forward? Definitely. Um, the, the, the Airbus case is, uh, is quite, quite an important matter for us in France because it's a matter where uh, we were not piggybacking uh, U.S. enforcement but the PNF worked hand in hand with the SFO, and if you will, the uh, the uh, the DOJ came in at a later time. What it did do, uh, when it comes to the investigation, is there was uh, a real coordination between the agencies and the internal investigations. So, uh, depending on on the type of uh, uh, business unit in which uh, the um, individual that was to be interviewed. Uh, was it would be either the UK or the French, um, and when it was not a, a key um, uh, individual, then the internal investigation uh, could interview that person, and that was done in a way that was very specific in terms of uh, reporting, uh, taping uh, the interviews, and so on and so forth. And there has been a lot of criticism of the PNF. Uh, and of, of the lawyers carrying out the internal investigation um, because of the limited rights of people being holding for interviews uh, while they were uh, still um, employees of Airbus. So that's, uh, 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 it was a groundbreaking in, in, in many different ways. And also because there was uh, no possibility for uh, the PNF to to carry out this investigation in such a speedy way without really relying on the internal investigation, and that is something that is that is new, uh, but also puts an expectation on the companies to um, uh, fix things uh, and not just wait till the prosecutor knocks at the door. Um, I should add here that there was an um, um, an order in circulaire, you say in French. Uh, which specifically instructs 
financial prosecutors uh, all over France to transfer their matters when it comes to cross-border uh, corruption, for instance, uh, to the PNF. So they make sure that the PNF uh, concentrates all those matters. Um, and a separate instruction um, that the uh, uh, financial prosecutors open their own investigation when they receive a request if there is uh, a material uh, uh, evidence that uh, they, they, they may be a French uh, competence. So if you have a foreign investigation and you think there is a French nexus or there is evidence that is going to be requested from France, um, you should definitely consider um, France as a, as a jurisdiction, jurisdiction to deal with and um, the PNF uh, potentially a, uh, an enforcement authority to go and meet uh, before uh, it, it is contacted by uh, a foreign authority. One thing I found particularly interesting is the protections that French law provides the subject of investigations. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, the, the, the two 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 issues here um, uh, that, that I think maybe we can uh, we, we can address as a, as a matter of uh, law. One is uh, the, uh, the the French blocking statute, uh, which uh, is basically an anti-discovery tool uh, and has mutated into a reassessment of sovereignty tool, especially uh, with Sapin Deux. Um, what it what it does is it compels. Um, uh, providing evidence uh, of, of vast different uh, uh, substance, uh, economic, industrial, financial, and so on, it compels to go through uh, treaties. And the idea is that when you are contacted by a, a foreign authority and asked to provide documents or evidence and so on and so forth, you should reach out uh, to the CC which is a department of uh, the financial ministry, and they will control um, the, the request. They will uh, impose a, a review of the document production, or uh, they will put conditions on the giving of testimony. Uh, the idea is to um, you know, raise uh, awareness uh, amongst uh, uh, French companies that uh, enforcement can be used as a tool of Law, law, lawfare, as they say, instead of warfare, um, and, uh, and and that's 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 a, a great concern and uh, one of the reasons why uh, we had Sapandu in the first place. Um, the other issue is, is of course, data privacy, um, and uh, there is a litigation uh, exception, so it is not something that would uh, block you in any way. Uh, that being said. It needs to be properly addressed, and uh, when uh, information is transferred, uh, it should be done in a way that, is, that complies um, uh, with uh, the regulation, and it is uh, strongly controlled by the French uh, Data Privacy Agency. Uh, maybe a couple of other issues. One is uh, the, uh, the ethical rules for lawyers carrying out in internal investigations. Uh, the, right, uh, the right to counsel for the person interviewed. Um, and counsel should be paid by the company. Um, and um, uh, there has been a, a number of uh, prosecutors uh, ex expressing discontent uh, when it, with internal investigations. And so if you have any reason to believe uh, that there is a, a, a 
ongoing criminal investigation or enforcement in any way, it is probably better to reach out to the to the to the authority to explain what you're doing, um, not to ask for authorization, but to explain what you're doing. In terms of the blocking statutes, how has that been received by other countries' enforcement agencies? And uh, as an extension of that, do you expect any changes to the blocking statutes in the near term? Generally speaking, uh, it has, uh, my, my experience over the past uh, you know, six to 12 months is that um, uh, foreign authorities, enforcement authorities, um, have uh, taken very little regard for the blocking statute, but more generally for treaties. Um, and asking that people uh, come uh, for voluntary interviews uh, and, and, and not uh, send those requests through uh, a treaty requests as, as, as they should. Um, and uh, my sense is authorities are going to more and more enter in direct contacts and emails and, 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 and especially um, uh, when it comes to anything that they feel would, would impede their uh, investigation. The, the blocking statute in itself is not going to change. Uh, but the control by the uh, CSE is going to be enhanced, and the uh, the CSE, which is this uh, department from uh, the financial ministry, uh, has communicated in December that over the next few months it will provide uh, uh, a system by which you can consult them, uh, and they will answer uh, and tell you whether you can or cannot answer a, a request by a foreign authority. So that will make things much clearer. Uh, for for the uh, clients, but it also will create potential frustration um, uh, because foreign authorities, as you as, as you suggest in your question, uh, may be unhappy with um, anything that prevents them from uh, moving forward swiftly. Thanks, Stefan. This has all been incredibly helpful. Before we sign off, having just begun a new year, are there any trends or developments that you're keeping an eye on for 2022? Three main trends. Um, one is we're likely to have a, a new anti-corruption law, an updated anti-corruption law uh, that will uh, uh, target more specifically lobbying uh, and uh, uh, to, to put a framework to lobbying and, uh, and, and, and how money is spent um, and, and avoid that loophole, if you will. Um, another one is going to be a real battle over privilege. Uh, a, their privilege has come under considerable pressure, uh, and uh, the rules on privilege changed in, in December 2021, and I expect that will be litigated in court. Um, and the, the last, um, uh, I think, major issue is the European prosecutor, uh, which was set up last summer, uh, that is now, um, uh, you know, uh, have, has, has a real team and will provide my senses healthy competition with the PNF. So if, the, if the, the, the French branch of the European prosecutor moves forward swiftly, the PNF will want to do the same. And, and so that will, that will I think, um, incentivize everyone to uh, want to move forward with their matters. Thanks, Stefan. That was a wonderful discussion. And thank you for joining us and sharing your thoughts. And thank you once more to our listeners. For more information on the topics we discussed, as well as other helpful links and materials, please visit our Enforcement Express website at www.ropesgray.com 
slash enforcement express. If you have any feedback or suggestions for jurisdictions or specific topics you would like us to cover, please contact us at express at ropesgray.com or feel free to reach out to any of us directly. You can also subscribe to this series wherever you regularly listen to your podcasts, including Apple, Google, and Spotify. Thanks again for listening.